It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and joining me today, Lindsey Crosby. How are you, my friend? Victory Mondays are always the best Mondays. They I are. Tell you. They Love absolutely them. are. I 100% agree with you. And we will talk about Auburn's 62 to nothing win over Alabama State in just one moment. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Fetch Me. You can check out all of their services at FetchMeDelivery.com or their free Fetch Me Delivery app. They uh, truly are the local meal delivery service, and they put a local spin on it. They've got a ton of restaurants signed up in the Auburn, Opelika, Lee County area. And if you are coming into Auburn for game day, which a lot of folks did the past two weeks, be sure to check them out. And whether you live in town or you're coming in town, be sure to use promo code LOCALMEAL to get uh, get a nice discount, assuming you spend more than 30 bucks on the delivery. So if you got more than two or three people eating, it should be no problem at all. But fetchmedelivery.com or check out their uh, their free Fetch Me app. Lindsay, 62 to nothing. Uh, a lot of fans kind of all over the place based on the first half. The third quarter was historic, and then, you know, obviously fourth quarter kind of winded things down. But um, what do you think the biggest overlining uh, storyline here is as we kind of, you know, okay, we're a day or two removed now from watching this game live? The biggest thing for me was definitely Auburn made halftime adjustments. You know, we we didn't come out like we did against Akron. Alabama State had a had a good game plan. They were able to, to kind of slow us down a bit. And so at halftime, I guarantee you, one, Harson probably lit into some people. Ooh. But then, two, we went in there and we we adjusted what we were doing on offense and on defense and came out in the second half and, like you said, set history with, you know, points scored in a quarter, longest touchdown carry in Auburn history, just did a lot of things differently after halftime to turn the game around. And that's just, frankly, not something we've seen in a long time from an Auburn football team. Right. So – for full transparency, we're recording this fairly early on Sunday, and so I haven't had a chance to watch the full game yet. I've only watched the first half, which I think as far as doing a rewatch is the more important half to watch, but watching it back, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Like, after you're able to take kind of take a step back and look at it, there were a lot of things where it's like, okay, like Alabama State just beat us on that play, but there were a few things like, we were in the red zone, and Bo Nix got the ball, and he threw, like, a, a swing pass to Kobe Hudson. And, like, Kobe Hudson was one-on-one with one of their guys. Like, he just should have won. And, like, that's that's just part of it. And then in the, uh, a few drives later, they go back to that same player. It's a similar play. And he makes a guy miss, and he gets a first down. So there was just a lot of little things like that. Kayla Newton dropping the surefire touchdown pass. Tank Bigsby dropping a pass that probably would have gone for a touchdown off of a screen. I mean, there was just yeah. a lot of little things, and people want to blame the quarterback, and that's fine. I'm sure I'm guilty of that to some extent, too. But I don't think Bo Nix was the issue. I mean, sure, he made mistakes in the first half. Like, that fumble was bad. He should have held onto that ball. And there was a few th- times where he did kind of leave the pocket too early. That deep pass, that beautiful pass to Shedrick Jackson um, where uh, he drew the DPI. Like, that was a beautiful throw, but... He probably shouldn't have left the pocket. That looked very similar to what we would have seen Bo Nix do a year ago. That did not look like uh, the Bo Nix that played against Akron last week. But I don't think it was as bad 
as we made it out to be in real time. And also, I think it was good to see that this team could go into halftime and, like you said, make halftime adjustments and then come out on the other side a crisper, cleaner football team. I think last year, or in the previous administration under Malzahn, they would have won 40 to nothing, but it just they, they wouldn't have had that ridiculous third quarter um, with all of it. So I, I think all in all, it wasn't as bad as people are making it out to be. Yeah, and I saw something after the game about Bo Nix's adjusted completion percentage, if you account for drops and things like that, he would have been something like a 78 or 80% passer. That's not bad. Uh, which, which is pretty good. It, that's that's going to win you football games. But it's, it's, it's something where, yeah, we had a combination of some bad luck. Alabama State made some good plays and just some miscues, you know, some, some self-inflicted injury. It's not like Alabama State beat us in the first half. It was just we didn't – finish plays for some reason and to see Auburn adjust in the second half. And you mentioned the fumble. The telling thing to me was Brian Harson. The first words he said in his halftime interview was you have to hold on to the ball. Yep. And so it was obviously something that he was aware of. I guarantee you Bo got to talking to about it, but they were able to say, Hey, like you guys just need to focus a little bit, lock in. Let's, let's stop inflicting mistakes on ourselves and go out and beat this team like we should, and we did. Right. So the bright spot of the first half was the other two phases of the ball. Uh, defense held them, which was great, um, largely due to a, um, a a blocked field goal attempt. I mean, I, I thought Alabama State was going to get some points there. Obviously, special teams with the punt block and then the, the blocked field goal return for a touchdown – what kind of information do you think we can pull from those two specific plays and the special teams really performing at a high level? Do you think that translates to teams like Penn State and other SEC teams that they're going to play this year? Or do you think it's an isolated incident whether it's uh, it was Alabama State? I'm going to give you a frustrating answer and say one of each. Because okay. do I think that we can count on punt blocks and field goal blocks every week? No. But uh, talking after the game, you heard some of the players say, yeah, we saw that field goal block potential on film. And so we like we saw that tell and we specifically worked on it and executed. So I think we, while we can't assume we're going to block stuff against Penn State, I'm confident that if we see something on film that says, hey, they're not blocking this right or, hey, there's an opportunity, we have this, the, the talent and the staff to capitalize on that opportunity and make an impact play on special teams. Right, right. What did you think about the running back management? So uh, a handful of guys, we got news about an hour out, they were going to miss uh, miss Saturday's game. One of those guys was Sean Shivers. It sounds like it has something to do with COVID. I, I don't know, but that's just kind of the gist of it. And I don't think we know if he has it or if he was next to somebody who did. I don't think we know the answer to that, but... I think we're all hoping that the timing works out to where he'll be able to participate in um, in Penn State. Obviously, that's that's what we all want him for, and of course, we want him to be healthy and safe and all that. So hopefully, uh, everybody everything's good with Shivers. But he missed time, so obviously, everyone assumed that we were going to see more Jarquez Hunter, and boy, we did. We'll talk about him in the second segment. But uh, guys like um, Jalen Simpson, they dressed out. But then you had guys like Javarius Johnson and Tarvarish Dawson who were not there, and then Roe Torrance. The cornerback um, was not there. So um, it kind of forced you to go a little bit deeper into your receivers, like um, 
like Kalen Newton. Like if 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 if, uh, if Javaris Johnson is the uh, is being thrown that pass, not Kalen Newton. I think Javaris Johnson catches it. So it's like a lot of th- little things like that. I'm like, I don't think it's as bad as we were making it out to be. Uh, but as far as the running back rotation, we saw a lot of Tank early, and then we saw some of Jarquez Hunter, and then it went back to Tank, and then it went back to Jarquez Hunter, then it kind of went uh, to you know a little bit deeper into the into the depth chart. But man, the one-two punch, uh, and now it'll be the one-two-three punch whenever Shivers returns. I mean, holy cow! I mean, I, I think they may have the best stable of backs in the conference, and I don't know if I'm overreacting to that or not. It's so wild to me that we spent all offseason being worried about the running back depth <laughs> after you get, you know, like we were like, all right, we have we have Tank who right. got hurt last year. We have Sean. And then after that, like we are concerned if somebody gets hurt, what are we going to do? And now we're looking at it as a we've got three running backs that we absolutely love. And then we've got Sean Jackson, who is a massive human being and yeah. hard to bring down. And we even got some carries to Jordan Ingram yesterday. I wish we had had a little more time to see Ingram. You know, he only had two carries versus 10 for Sean Jackson. Uh, but I can appreciate, and this goes to the receivers as well, I can appreciate giving some of these lower depth chart guys a chance to play with the starters versus just coming in with the second team. So that way, if there is an injury later in the season, you know, Kalen Newton's caught passes from Bo Nix in game situations, or he's been thrown passes from Bo Nix in game situations. Sure. Uh, you know, Jarquez Hunter has run behind the first team offensive line. Uh, you know, Sean Jackson has done that so that we have a little better idea of how they work with that first team. I also noticed, especially with the running backs, we mixed in a lot more gap runs. It wasn't as heavily as heavy of a zone run this time. I don't know. I haven't done the rewatch yet because, again, it's early on Sunday. I haven't done the rewatch to see if that was something where it was back specific. If we tried to get, say, Jarquez Hunter more carries in a, you know, in a gap versus a zone scheme or anything. But I do find it interesting that they're they're mixing and matching guys still. And they're still trying to see who does what well, who how guys play with the first team and the second team so that they know what people are capable of down the road if injuries happen. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. All right, college football fanatics. Have you heard about Prize Picks? It is a daily fantasy made easy. Uh, I love this. I know you will too. Prize Picks offers every sport you can think of: NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. They offer uh, more college football props than anyone in the world, and offers the star players of the Power Five as well as mid-major players you may not have even heard of. Prize Picks. Um, all of the users that deposit and use the promo code will receive a 100% instant deposit for up to $100. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. So head over to Prize Picks. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com. Go to your app store and use the promo code Locked On. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Promo code Locked On for that. I think you'll really... Really enjoy it at uh, Prize Picks. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. 
Continuing things on here, uh, locked on Auburn. Lindsey, what do you think the balance of these running backs will now be? Let's assume Shivers comes back. We haven't heard any news yet. As you said, it's uh, it's early on Sunday. But let's assume all three are there. I think you see the one-two punch of Tank and Hunter, and then Shivers is kind of your gadget guy, maybe your third down guy. If you uh, if you want to possibly you know pose a threat of you know throwing it out of the backfield, that's kind of what I'm expecting because I think Auburn's going to have to run the ball a ton on Penn State and wear that team down over the course of four quarters. That's my assumption. I think that's what the game plan will be, especially with you know question marks around Bo Nix as far as you know is he going to change who he is away from Jordan Hare Stadium? Yeah, and and having watched. Yeah, having watched uh, all three of these backs now get carries in in game play, Hunter reminds me a lot of Tank's Tank Bixby as far as the way he runs the ball, and so I see it being I'm not going to say like a one A and one B, but I see it as Hunter's more of the direct backup to Tank. He does what we want to do with Tank Bixby. Mm-hmm. Sean Shivers is going to be somebody. He's going to be in there for pass pro. He's a surprisingly decent pass protector. He's going to be in there to catch the ball out of the backfield. He's going to be in there, like you said, to do some of the gadgety things. But we're going to see a lot of Hunter and Tank going downhill. Uh, Sean Shivers change of pace. Sean Shiver- and then that's nothing against Sean Shivers. He would be he would start for a lot of teams in this conference, and it's a good problem for us to have. But I definitely, having seen them all in gameplay now definitely see Jarquez Hunter as more of that Tank Bigsby role where you can give him the ball 20 times a game if you need to and let him just pound guys over and over. There was a stint in the game against Alabama State, though, where nobody could catch the ball, and then uh, they go to Jarquez Hunter on the wheel route. It's like, wow, this guy can do everything. It became the Jarquez Hunter show for about 30 minutes there. Wheel routes are undefeated, my friend. Yep. And uh, obviously his run, his 94-yard touchdown run, I... uh, I'm a little surprised that was the longest touchdown run in Auburn history. I'm just surprised we haven't had a fluky, you know, 96, 97-yard touchdown run. But you don't get a whole lot of those opportunities, and it's just it's really hard to do. But um, that was impressive. That was really impressive. And for folks that said he was just a power guy, he proved them wrong. That guy was moving. That guy was moving that big body all the way down to the goal line. That was fun to watch. That was one of those plays that really made me think, okay, he's, he's a more well-rounded back than we gave him credit for. Yeah. And I'm not that I pigeonholed him, but I kind of saw him as a between the tackles power more so than speed and agility kind of guy. You know, whereas tank, I see tank as an all around, you know, he can beat you with power. He can beat you with speed. Right. He can beat you catching the ball. And that's kind of the play where I was like, okay, dark West Hunter saw a hole and you see him make an adjustment. And then he just hits the jets and is gone. And that's not something we've seen a lot from a lot of Auburn running backs. The ability, like, just I feel like in the previous regime, the ability to hit the hole and just be gone. Right. Um, I just, I can, I think so many times where you see a guy pulled down at the 20, pulled down at the 10 on a long run like that. And it was, it was refreshing to see, but that was really what turned my eyes. Okay. Jarquez Hunter really is the complete deal because he had a safety, had him dead to rights, made his angle look bad. Yep. You know, he just out, outran that guy and then didn't let anybody else come in on him. And, that translates to a lot of other teams in the conference, too. If you can do it against Alabama State, he's going to do that against your Arkansas. He's going to do that against your Missouris and your old misses. Right. Uh, that wasn't a fluky thing just because of lower competition. Yeah, uh, I think you're right. I think you're right. So that's going to be fun. And look, ar- around the conference, Arkansas, they uh, they overachieved, in my opinion, upsetting Texas, really manhandling Texas. 
But then you look around and it's like, man, A&M is not a good football team right now. Now, they may be a totally different team by the time Auburn plays them. But once again, we said this last week on this show, but Auburn fans need to be happy with what's happening around the conference because I think it's really shaping out to put them in a good situation when it's all said and done. I had listeners DMing me. I had a few texting me. Some of my buddies texting me saying like, hey, 9-3 and three is totally reasonable now. And I don't disagree. But we will still learn a lot more this weekend based on how they handle um, Penn State. And I want to talk about your thoughts on Penn State in just a moment. But real quick, um, before we reach there, I'm trying to think of any other guys we want to give some love to. Raji McCreary with the pick six. He, uh, he had some folks kind of calling him out uh, in the first half, but he got that pick six. He attacked the football, and then um, once he got it, he wasn't going down. So I think Roger McCreary is a really special player. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I think he's one of the most underrated players in all of college football. I think he's that good, and I just mm-hmm. don't get why he's not getting the love that he deserves but he's a really, really special player. This is a Kobe McLean, uh, 10 tackles, like just a quiet 10 tackles. Didn't even play the full game. It's like, man, every time that guy is on the field, he is near the football, no matter what what the play call is. So um, a lot to like, a lot to like. And then the last guy, Lindsay, and then I'll kind of let you take it, uh, Demetrius Robertson, kind of his coming out party. Three touchdowns, two through the air, one on uh, on the, the rush attempt for 30-something yards. But... Bo Nix giving him two balls in the end zone with really, really good placement. And he kind of, uh, he, he really took advantage of a, a tough catch. And then, I don't know, I, I, to me, and I wrote a story about this on AuburnWire.com on Sunday morning, but to me, yesterday, he proved to the Auburn fan base that he came here to be the number one receiver, and I think on Saturday he pulled that off. No disrespect to Shed Jackson and Javaris Johnson and these other guys, but I think the passing offense now goes through Demetrius Robertson. I think that's what we saw uh, on the field against Alabama State. Four touches for 97 yards and three touchdowns is dominant no matter how you draw it up. You know, like you said, three catches, one one carry right. on the end of round, and we were wondering what kind of impact he was going to have. And we saw that he, he won every time he had an opportunity to win on a ball. Uh, he made tough catches. He made good runs, evaded tackles. He is going to be that number one guy. Uh, we are going to run through him between him and shed Jackson. I feel like we have a good one, two combo. And I think you're going to see shed getting probably having more catches in a game, but Demetrius having bigger impact plays when he does touch the ball. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to the interior defense defensive line sure uh if you notice i mean we had a heavy rotation marcus harris tony fair uh Mar- marquis burks akivius walker but you can see the tackle numbers of the linebackers we had three linebackers in the top 10 in tackles and it's because that interior line was keeping offensive linemen engaged letting those linebackers run wild and and really just that's the kind of thing we're going to need because I think Penn State doesn't have full trust in their quarterback to win them a game. Right. And so we're going to need to stop them on the ground so that they have to put the ball in his hands, hopefully to catch up, um, to give us a good chance to win this game. And then obviously we've seen how the pass rush has performed the last two weeks. We know this Auburn team can get after the quarterback. So we've kind of done this thing of we're kind of selling out to stop the run and then trying to prevent big plays. And if we can stop the run against Penn State, force them to be one-dimensional and let these defensive ends tee off on the quarterback, uh, we're going to come out of Penn State with a victory. 
Today's show brought to you by our friends at Sweatblock, doctor-created, uh, doctor-recommended, doctor uh, works for up to seven days per use. They have what they call the dry shirt guarantee. A Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry. You get your money back. It's simple as that, and it's made in the USA, so you got to love that. You got to love that. So uh, check it out today at sweatblock.com, and you can get 20% off by using the promo code LOCKEDON. Also, uh, you can go to Amazon or CVS, but highly recommend our friends at sweatblock.com. Also, Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. You can go to built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off of any of their nine delicious flavors, ranging from coconut to salted caramel or mint brownie to double chocolate. And all these bars are very high in protein, very low in calories, very low in sugar. Once again, built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your first order. LOCK15 for 15% off. That is at built.com. Lindsay, it is Penn State Week. We have been talking about this week for months. It is finally here. And I feel way better about it now than I did several months ago. And maybe that is, um, maybe that's a bad thing, but I, I mentioned this last week. I have, I have shifted my pick from, uh, from Penn State to Auburn um, over the last week. I think Auburn's going to win this game. I think it's going to be really, really big for Brian Harston as a coach and Auburn football as a program. And uh, I want to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, well, th- this is Penn State's Super Bowl. I mean, their student section was chanting, "We want Auburn." Yesterday, they're doing, they're, they're shooting their shot on their signature game, you know, hook concept thing with a non-conference game. This is their Super Bowl. They're fired up about it. I made a little innocent tweet yesterday about that, and uh, got a bunch of Penn State fans, fans in my mentions got really defensive about it. This is. Um, I, I feel good having watched both teams these last two weeks, seeing how Penn State didn't really beat Wisconsin as more as they just survived against Wisconsin, uh, and seeing what we were able to do just looking like a competent, well-run offense, which is not something I've been used to seeing recently. Uh, I have Auburn winning this game as well. I don't have it being a blowout. It's probably going to be closer than we like, but I'm still confident. I mean, if Auburn can put up, I'm going to say, four touchdowns, I think Auburn's definitely going to win this game by probably a score, maybe maybe even two. Um, I look for the running backs to have a big day. I look for for Bo Nix to to have a completion percentage that's higher than Saturdays, but maybe lower than Akron's. You know, he'll probably be in the 70 percent. But oh, well, I, I think I, I think Auburn wins if Bo goes seventy percent. I think we win, yeah. and I think we win oh, by yeah. a lot if that's the case. I don't think, yeah. that, and I want to remind folks, most college football games, it doesn't matter what the rankings are, most college football games are not close games, despite what the billing is. Most of them are not close games. And so I think whoever wins this game is going to win it outright. I think it's going to be a controlled effort from whoever wins it. And I think it's going to be a multiple score difference for whoever wins it. And I think we'll get to know pretty early on what that looks like. Because if Auburn goes up there and plays like they're capable of doing, I don't think Penn State is going to have an answer for what Auburn does on defense. I really, really don't. And I think Auburn's, the big question for Auburn is going to be their offense versus Penn State's defense. So early on, I think we're going to be able to see which defense is going to win this football game for their respective team. I think we will get that very, very early on. And I think it's going to be a long game for whoever is on the wrong side of that. That is my prediction. That is my assumption of what is going to go down Saturday night. 
end of the first quarter, I think we're going to know who's going to win the football game unless something just incredibly fluky happens later on. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I see Auburn winning this game. I see our defense, like you said, pretty much able to, to, to shut down a lot of what Penn State wants to do, kind of force them to be one-dimensional. Um, and then the real question for me, just because we haven't seen it yet under Brian Harson, is how does Bo Nix do on the road? Yep. We've seen him step up and you know against ranked teams when he's needed to. I just think about his very first start was a neutral site game against Oregon, you know, throwing a game-winning touchdown catch. I don't think it's going to be that close at the end, but I think if Bo Nix comes out those first two drives and looks like the Bo Nix we've seen, we saw against Akron and we saw in the third quarter yesterday, then Auburn's going to win that game and it's going to be a score to two scores easily. Yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. Thank you for your time, man. Thank you for being flexible. Yeah, we had to move up our recording time a ton because your Falcons play, my Patriots play, and I just want to enjoy the first Sunday back with uh, with NFL stuff. So thank you for being flexible. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Um, cool. Where can people find you and hear you, my friend? I am at Albert Banker on the socials and in the Discord, and you can hear me sub to nine Monday through Friday on News Talk WANI. I'm on Twitter at C Blackerby. By this time this goes up, my uh, Auburn GIF thread will be up there on my Twitter, so be sure to check that out. And my film recap on AuburnWire.com will be up as well. We'll be back tomorrow for a Charlie Tuesday right here on Locked on Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.